are you wearing your what do you call that your your wife beater <laughs> no I, I was in the gym earlier sorry <laughs> hey, hey, don't cover up on my part because I'm trolling you. <laughs> Hello, my friends. Thank you for joining us for the PebCAC podcast, a weekly information security show featuring some all around good people. It is week 19 of 2022. I'm Chris Louie, and a very happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there to both children and pets. With me, I have my co-host, Brian Deach, who lives in a state where he legally is required to celebrate Mother's Day. So I didn't even know that that's actually true until I clicked that link. I had no idea. One thing that uh, always kind of gets my wife is, she asks, what are we doing for Mother's Day? I'm like, well, you're not my mother, so I don't know what we're doing. Uh, <laughs> she doesn't like that, but, you know, save a dollar or two. Maybe I sleep on the couch, maybe I don't. Take out to the Olive Garden for those unlimited breadsticks. <laughs> What are we having today? Breadsticks and water, people. And we have Glenn Medina back this week, fresh off his emergency from last week. Glad to have you back. Everyone, missed you all last week and happy to be back. I missed some really good content last week and I hope to get caught up with you guys. And uh, yeah, for this year, maybe I might, uh, if she's good, I might take her out to Costco and get that $1.50 hot dog and drink. So. And the samples, don't forget the samples. Are, are, uh, are they doing samples again? Yeah, our samples back. Samples are back in Arizona. They are at my Costco. Nice. Yeah. Do it? Really? All right. Let's do that. Bonus. If she's really good, hold on. If she's really good, I might buy her two hot dogs. So. <laughs> Your wife can eat two hot dogs? No. <laughs> no. Oh, well, not at the same time, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> no comment. No yes this week, just us hosts. We have some awesome guests already scheduled over the next three weeks, so be sure to subscribe and never miss an episode. Combined, we have decades of information security experience and here not just to educate, but to entertain. We've got four awesome stories for you this week, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. For our opening topic on my comment earlier about Brian, Arizona is actually the only state in the union which recognizes Mother's Day as a legal holiday. In that spirit, do you guys have any Mother's Day stories? For me, when my wife was pregnant with our first child, I wanted to do something nice and special for her since she was carrying our child and a brand new mother. But work called me out to Chicago that week, so I was actually in uh, away that, that entire week. I got a really nice Mother's Day card and wrote a heartfelt message in it, and I gave it to the hotel front desk when I was out in Chicago to send it out with the outgoing mail that day and I timed it so she would get it while I was still in Chicago and in time for Mother's Day. Well, the day it should have gotten there, it passed and nothing happened. Another day passed and nothing, and then I actually got back from Chicago and it still never showed up. I'm not 100% sure what happened, but the card did finally show up in October after the kid was born. The postmark on the card indicated it was mailed out in October, so I don't know if the hotel held onto it or forgot about it and just dropped in the mail or if it just got lost in the post office system but we eventually got it about six months late now did you get in trouble or she's like cool about it no she was cool about it i explained it that i i tried to mail it out there i did my part it was the hotel or the postal service that sure that chris part. all the way up until that day in october she was like whatever chris uh-huh <laughs> I, I think that's pretty cool that you you went to that that extreme lengths to make sure that you're taking care of her when you're not 
at home. That's pretty cool. I don't think that I would ever be that thoughtful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I figured since it was technically, you know, the first Mother's Day and I'd be away, I'm like, oh, I got to try to do something nice, but then end up working out. See, I'm I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I hate like all holidays. I feel like it's just another month and another reason to waste a bunch of money. But uh, I think the first time uh, during my first marriage, my my wife at the time, right, it was her first Mother's Day, quote unquote, and so we were having like something going on. But hey, guess what? The day before, it was my buddy's graduation from college, and we were all going to Vegas. So I think I was in Vegas for like I think like 14 hours total, awake the whole time, uh, got home, and then. Went over to my mom's house to celebrate Mother's Day, and I just basically slept the whole time. I was looked down upon by everyone. <laughs> well, you made the effort to come back. That's got to be worth something. Yeah, I was hurting. That was one of those rough ones. Uh, I think my story is I was like, "What's Mother's Day? Is May or is it June?" It's May. <laughs> it's well, May. It's May. It's considering like this, weekend. this is the Mother's Day episode, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's even worse, right? So that tells you where I where I sit with Mother's Day. I uh, forgot Mother's Day. Um, forgot her birthday, which is you know the beginning of June. So I was in a world of hurt. And not only did I do that like in one year, I also did it like two years in a row. So I was in the doghouse for quite some time. The good news is I haven't forgotten since. And so, you know, I'm a hero compared to those two years that I missed in a row. So I think I am anyway. (laughs) So never lets me death it down. You guys are just some good old men. I'll tell you what. Yeah. And I want to wish my wife, Grace, a very happy birthday. Her birthday happens to be this week as well and i put it here in the show just to make sure she's actually listening to the entire episode so if we record it here that means that we remembered then right so yeah hey happy mother's day rosalie i love you happy birthday grace and to all the mothers out there happy mother's day (laughs) yes happy birthday oh wait yes my wife's birthday is right around the corner as well so thank you happy birthday to rosalie too yeah for our first story, Emotet is rearing its ugly head again after their programming team fixed a bug in the installer. We spoke on episode 35 back in November that Emotet took a 10-month vacation after a coordinated law enforcement takedown effort and security researchers recently did notice a drop in Emotet infections. Well, it turns out that drop was not due to Emotet shutting down. It was a programming bug. When a victim clicked on a bad link in an email or opened up a malicious attachment, a script would call for the Emotet DLL and load it into memory. However, the programmers made a mistake by using an absolute path to a specific file name, and that file name did not exist. Oops. The Emotet crew fixed the bug, and they are blasting out spam as fast as a series of tubes that make up the internet can handle. So law enforcement takedowns, arrests, and programming bugs can't destroy the Emotet botnet, what is it going to take? Apparently, the only thing worse than Emotet's uh, PR team is their QA team. How do they miss a hard-coded file path? Jesus. Yeah, it seems like they need to hire some... So they need to outsource that, hire some third-party company to test their software. I I mean, I'm happy it's back. I don't know about you guys, but anytime that I got to talk to people that have been breached, and it was about Emotet... Emotet, whatever. I don't even know anymore. I love it. So good to be back, boys. Some job security. 
So is Imotet hiring for a QA person now? So should I look for a job with them? He's paying Costco hot dogs. Those those neck beers love there you him. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they pay you in Bitcoin since the ruble is not worth very much nowadays. Yeah. Well, Emotet was listed as potentially some of the most dangerous malware. I think it was FBI that listed as the most dangerous malware out there. And it's just like whack-a-mole. Every time they, they take it down, they get more clever. They find another way. Um, same with Microsoft. Microsoft has done actually quite a bit to stop these malicious macros and these malicious scripts from running. But these attackers just always somehow find a way around it. It's like a... Uh very pluggable architecture. You might even want to call it a malware trust exchange. Mm-hmm. Mm. By the way, I've never heard of the... Hey, Brian needs a job on their marketing yeah, team. I can light them up, baby. <laughs> I will tell you, though, I don't think I've ever heard the internet is being referred to as the series of tubes that make up the internet before. You never heard that? that this, it's a famous quote. There's some guy that says, like, the internet is a, is a series of tubes. Are there any tubes? I mean, it's pretty much hard copper. I get maybe some fiber, right? Is yeah. that considered to be a tube? No, but I think to people that don't understand what the internet is, they might think it's a series of tubes. I think everyone on this podcast, listeners included, know that there was no tubes. Maybe some spaghetti. I know. That's why it's called satire, Brian. <laughs> Kids are picking on me again. Damn it. <laughs> we pick on you because we love you. You pick on me because Nothing you're on a keyboard and about a thousand miles away. Wasn't it, wasn't it Mike Tyson? He said something that people have gotten so used to social media and not facing consequences that if you say some, the wrong thing to the wrong person, you don't get punched in the face anymore. Oh, yeah. There was after the whole like debacle on the plane. By the way, I saw the heckling is going on. I 100% back Tyson on that one. Iron Mike. Iron Mike. Yeah. He also said everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face. Yeah, well, I guess that's very appropriate considering we had our airline etiquette episode last week. So, yeah, you don't mess with Iron Mike and not expect him to react. You don't mess with anybody that big and expect them not to react. I mean... I guess what what is it? Kids don't get into fights anymore, so they know who not to pick on. Is that uh, is that a thing? Do they not worry about that kind of stuff? No, I, I don't know. I think bullying uh, saves lives. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, Un- unpopular opinion. It's, it's unpopular, but <laughs> you know, I, I've had my fair share of fights when I was younger, and I don't know if I could say if any of my kids have had fights like that. So I remember I got my first fight like in third grade. It was Travis Van Horta. He's a great guy, great guy. But I, I was like, ah, I'm gonna mess this dude up, and he was he was kind of a like, built a little bit like the Pillsbury Doughboy at the time. No offense, Travis, if you're listening. But I I, I try I straight up tried to uh, punch him in the stomach with all my might, and it just kind of bounced off. And he kind of looked at me and punched me in the face, and I fell on the ground. That was it. <laughs> it was he like the blob from X Men? Pretty much just like punch I, it. what I learned that day. Just is look, is like can't hurt fat. Yeah, you can't, can't hurt fat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can. I mean, he just didn't feel it. So. Yeah, he just absorbed it. it. It was like it was nothing. Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, on that note, uh, for our second topic, who said war is bad for the economy? After all, it was the U.S. entering World War II that eventually got us out of the Great Depression. Due to the invasion of Ukraine by Russia and the crippling sanctions and corporate boycotts of the Great Bear Nation, 
Millions of people are fleeing the country, including IT specialists. It's estimated that there are approximately 90,000 IT job openings in Russia right now that just cannot be filled. Well, Russia has come up with an innovative job placement program that has them searching the cells in their forced labor camp for anyone who has IT skills. Now, before Dmitry or Pavel gets set free early to re-image laptops, the plan is to set up remote access inside the prisons into the corporate IT environment so that they can fill in as an IT person. For reference, prisoners in these Russian forced labor camps make about 20,000 rubles a month, which is about $281. I believe the Russian ruble is still worth less than one Robux. Now, giving, giving criminals remote IT access into Russian businesses' corporate network, you've heard me say this a million times, but I gotta say it again. What could possibly go wrong? So I don't think it has anything to do with the war. I think that they're just not paying people enough to, to retain those 90,000 open seats that are out there. And by the way, is like you used Dimitri and Pavel as names. Why didn't you go with like Barb and Dale? Pavel. I don't, I don't know if there's many Barbs and Dales inside of Russia right now. You're probably right about that. So is the ruble really worth anything right now? As like I said, I see you wrote down that it's worth a $281 a month, but is that really the cost? I think it's less than that now, right? Well, I think at the time of print, it's worth about that much. Uh, it is definitely not worth a whole lot anymore. Yeah. But if you're looking at what could go wrong, everything could go wrong, right? I mean, give a guy computer access from jail and... He'll be able to do all kinds of crazy stuff. I, I take it they're probably not monitoring what he's doing. And if they did, what would they really know what that person is doing? I mean, but right. what could go wrong? I mean, there's, I mean, obviously it can't be uh, monetary, right? There's <laughs> nothing is worth any value over there at this point, in my opinion. So do they just start launching nuclear weapons? I have no idea. Or just like a nuisance, like open up all the floodgates and piss people off. What do you think? Yeah, they can install like a remote access Trojan. They can put in a back door. They can ransomware them. Uh, I was trying to think like, well, why do why is it so dangerous to have a cell phone inside a prison? Like that's like the highest level of contraband inside a prison is is a cell phone because I guess that allows you to communicate with the outside world. It allows you to continue your ongoing criminal enterprise. It allows you to you know, order hits on people or coordinate some kind of breakout. So I'm thinking, yeah, giving them access to you know, corporate network. Not you know, let's put aside the corporate network for for a second. Just just give them internet access. You know, what are they gonna do with that? Like unfettered, unfiltered internet access. <laughs> the schedule their escape from prison. <laughs> exactly. I mean, they're already up. I mean, they're already being held by the Russian government for something. So, I, I don't think they're gonna do anything for the Russian government that would please that. I mean, they on the surface would probably look like they're doing something, but. You know, some backdoor like, hey, release or unlock the prison cells at a certain time. They'll run a job or something like that that's connected or, like I said, schedule some breakout. Right? Guys, not all criminals are bad. Like, they could be day trading with the phone. You never know. Like, maybe they're just going to reach out to mom on Mother's Day. I mean, there's a plethora of different things that can yeah. go on. They'll buy some yeah. Dogecoin. <laughs> I think the most... Yeah. Or... I think the scariest thing is what would probably happen to your body... Because, uh, like, hiding a cell phone in your prison wallet is probably not a good idea. And on that note, back when I had TikTok, uh, I got caught up in both cartel TikTok, 
which is wild, but also prison TikTok. And I'm like, how on earth are you hiding like an iPhone 13 Pro Max in your rectum, man? Like, I <laughs> like that. wow, that is that is insane. But like, like literally, they'd be on their phone, like broadcasting from a prison cell, talking about the craziest things. What better way to get caught than going on TikTok live <laughs> inside of a prison? Did you say jail TikTok? Like it's it's a yeah, thing. Yeah, it's a jail TikTok. Well, no, I don't think it's like meant to be. But like every once in a while, right? You just uh, you start scrolling, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, like what's going on here? I'm like, oh, there's this bunch of people machine guns shooting up a car on the I-10 freeway coming out of Tucson, and then you're on cartel TikTok. And you start you, if you like that, you start looking around. There's other crazy stuff, and then eventually you go from that, and then all of a sudden you're into prison TikTok, where it's just like some dude in an orange jumpsuit. <laughs> Telling you that he's innocent while eating some ramen and drinking wine out of a toilet. Clear your browser history. Yeah, yeah. Clear I'm your like browser history about this rabbit hole you you dived out. What was the genesis of this that led you to cartel shootings and you know people claiming they're innocent in prison? So I think the I think my wife came across prison TikTok first, and I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. But then I think I was actually in Tucson. And I think based off my geolocation, it just started showing me stuff that was kind of relevant in the area. And that's how, I, and I was like, what the hell is going on here? Like, it's wild. That's all I got to say. Well, that's how you know TikTok is a Chinese company. I don't think any American-owned company would ever say, hey, thanks for visiting Tucson. Oh, by the way, there was a cartel shooting two miles from where you are. Yeah. That's uh, Cars are uh, on fire. Like, dogs right. are just yiping. Like, it's it's real. Like I, uh, a lot to unpack there, but I think we'll have to save that for another episode. You want to talk about a lot to unpack? I went to a baby shower, but like for dudes, like we, there's a diaper shower and where the buy-in was like you had to bring in diapers. I was like, all right, cool, like we'll do this, and like so we're just playing uh, Texas Hold'em, and it's me and like seven cops, and, and in my little world, life is good, but in their world, oh my, like what the stuff that they see day in and day out, like would scare the crap out of you. You know, I was gonna ready to take your man card, Brian, when you said baby shower for yeah. men, but when you said cops, I was like, okay, that shouldn't be as yeah. bad. <laughs> so. But like, like seriously, it makes you second get or second thing. Like, should I let my daughter go to the mall because there's some wild things going on over there? Well, I'm I'm sure as the the one cyber guy there, if you explain to them what you see day in and day out in the cyber in cyberspace, that might scare them too. But they're never like, well, how many heads did you just find severed on someone's lawn? I'm like, zero. <laughs> I didn't find any today. Yeah. So <laughs> right, there, 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 there weren't anyone there that you know, like worked worked in the food industry and like was like, hey guys, you guys don't know what goes on in the back end of a restaurant. You'd never go out to eat again if you saw I, that. Right. Perspective. Everyone's no one, lens is different. That's right. It's true. It's it's like when I tell people, oh, if you if you knew how insecure free public Wi-Fi is, you would never connect to that again. It's dirty. I had I had dropped a. <laughs> A little like I was doing a, a session today with the, the new hires and I I was thinking like can I get in trouble for saying this? Like I'm like post reflection because and I thought, you know what? No, I'm not. I can fight this. And I, I wholeheartedly believe. So it came up, it was like, Hey, your internet connection is unstable and so I made a joke. I said very much like my ex wife. Ha ha ha, funny. And I thought, Oh, you know what? Like do you, do you is like is that sexist? Can I not say that? But I guarantee you if I said, Well, like my ex husband, right? Like it should be like if it's good one way, it should be good both ways. So I think I'm safe. What do you guys think? And I was never married yeah, to you. Yeah, I dude. think it's 
Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's specifically gender. I think it's ex-spouse. I think the problem with that is probably more about the mental health stigma that's attached to it than the gender part of it. That's just what how I think it would be perceived. Oh, all right, all right. Glenn, where are you at with this? You're on my team? I think, each? I think you're okay. I think you're okay. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's a hundred percent the wheelhouse of a Brian Deach joke, though. I think the new hires probably learned that pretty quick. Yeah, probably. So. Yeah, I think your wife is used to it by now as well, right? So it's no big deal. Uh, my, I if I said that to my wife, I'd probably get raked over the coals. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But like I said, if I said that in my household, my, I'd probably get raked over the coals. So. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> All right, for our third story. The U.S. FBI released its annual Internet Crime Complaint Center, or IC3, report and revealed for the year 2021, the type of cybercrime that generated the most financial losses was business email compromise, or BEC. BEC is a social engineering attack where an attacker convinces someone in an organization to send the money to them instead of the actual destination. And there are a few ways attackers do this. They can... Simply send a fake invoice and hope it gets paid. They can fish someone's email account and monitor the inbox until payment is expected to be made. Then the attackers spoof an email asking the company to send the money to a different account. This works especially well at real estate and escrow companies since home buyers are routinely wiring large amounts of money. We talked about this on episode 43. Because these attacks do not use malware, they're harder for organizations to spot although AI-powered email security is getting better at detecting suspicious behavioral patterns. And even then, it's a cat and mouse game because attackers have learned that doing stuff like inserting four-point font at the end of an email can trick many of the email filtering solutions out there. On episode 33, we talked about AI and deepfakes being used to synthesize a CEO's voice to make the social engineering attack even more convincing. Personally, I do not see a silver bullet on how we fix this. Requiring multiple sign-offs have proven to be ineffective, and like any good social engineering attack, the attackers put time pressure on the victim so they suspend any common sense or regular controls in order to satisfy the request. Yeah, I don't think this is anything new. Didn't some guy, maybe in the 80s or 90s, like he bought like the Empire State Building or like the Statue of Liberty, he just sent a check in, he's like, remit payment and he's like that i own this now i don't know i'll have to look that one up oh, i don't remember anyone buying that, that. yeah why is that in here jeez <laughs> but you're right like but did you guys yeah go ahead but you're right like this business email compromise uh it's a real thing my, my little brother worked for a company where uh they were cutting invoices for stuff where someone just got like right like what'd you call that the email chain hijacking Back in the day, yeah, yeah. Like email chain hijacking. Yeah, and, was, and, and yeah. they were, you know, they knew just the amount to to go below. That way, like there was no recourse. So I think with a large bank, it has to be over like fifty grand uh, before they start chasing it down, trying to figure out what's going on. But uh, some of these smaller, more regional banks will will go after them, like to the mob. Like, hey, you took twenty five cents from me. I'm going to break your knees. Uh, there's one <laughs> of them in Arizona that but, does that. It's pretty pretty cool. Yeah. But look how look how much I mean I'm looking at that the link on this and based off of the crimes, the the loss is two point almost two point four billion dollars, and compared to investments, it's one point four five billion dollars. That's huge. That's like 
that's head and shoulders above. So it's got to be it's got to be because it's an easier path for for getting money out of out of these businesses, right? That's why it's being done. I think it's an easier path and the amounts that they do are are significantly higher cuz I I don't know if it was the FBI that summarized it. So somebody did a summary of it that said the number of complaints for BEC scams has actually gone down, but the losses are going up, which means the amount lost per attack is going up as well. Yeah, I mean, you look at ransomware and phishing, it's way short on the list. It's not that it's small. It's 49 million and 44 million, right, for ransomware. And it's like, wow, that is not much compared to BECs, right? Specifically for ransomware. So there is an asterisk by that. And if you read what the footnotes for the asterisk says, it, it says like, it doesn't, for rent, specifically for ransomware, it doesn't include time lost, lost productivity, cost to recover systems. And, and that's usually the bulk of the payment. Like the extortion payment is actually very small compared to all mm. the remediation, all the lost productivity, uh, all those costs associated with that. But still, I don't we know still... if it reaches BEC level, like almost $3 billion. Uh... Are, are we in the wrong business? Clearly. <laughs> Just, should, should we go join Emotet? I don't know what's going on here. So. <laughs> <laughs> They're hiring QA people. Well, That's it. Just imagine you can get into like accounts payable and make yourself like an approved vendor, right? You just start billing out. Like I, I think you go unnoticed for years. That happens somewhere, or it's got to be a plot line of a movie somewhere. So I know that there's a guy maybe two years ago he created a business. I for I I think the company the legitimate company is called like Quanta Computing, and they make servers for Facebook and Apple. And he made his company like one letter off from Quanta, and he just started submitting invoices to Facebook and and Apple. And they paid him. They paid him like for several years. He made hundreds of millions of dollars on these fake invoices until somebody took a look and says, "Wait a minute!" And then the jig was up. He got he got a lot of jail time for that one. He didn't quit while he was ahead. Like. Like first three, four, five times and stop. I'm like, hey, got a couple million here. I think I'm good. Yeah, like, got a little. Greedy. What is the thinking behind that? Right? Like, is it just like I'll never get caught? Are you just ignorant, or do you just like you get your first couple million? You're like, it's not enough, right? I need, I need to get to ten. Like, it's that it's that old story, right? Like that our parents told us, don't don't chase money because you'll never get yeah, enough. I, I... How much is enough? There is a show, I think it's still on actually, on, on CNBC. I actually really liked it. It's called American Greed, and yeah. it, it talks about stories specifically like this. And there is one couple, uh, actually, they were not a couple. They were two sisters, and they ran a small parts store, like a hardware store. They sold nuts and bolts and wrenches and things like that. But the Pentagon has a program that says you must source 20% of your business from small businesses. So the Pentagon... Uh, sent them this contract, said, send us 100 bolts or, or whatever. And then they, they actually transposed it. They put the invoice number in the shipping charge. So the shipping charge was like $15,000 because that was the invoice number, 15-something. And the, the actual bolts were like 20 bucks. And the Pentagon actually paid it out. They paid out $15,000 worth of shipping charges and the $100 for the bolts. And they're like, huh, this works. Let's try this again. Then they, they sent another order in and they put you know, $10,000 for the shipping charge and they submitted the invoice to the Pentagon and the Pentagon paid it. And they, this went on for a long time and then they got started to get egregious with it, like $100,000 shipping charges and the Pentagon just blindly paid it until eventually some accountant did an audit and said, 
why why is the shipping charge so high? You know, I, I bought a hundred dollars worth of bolts. Why is the shipping charge a hundred thousand dollars? And then they started to question him, and then the walls were closing in, and then yeah, they eventually got caught. Crazy. Greed. Greed. That's definitely it. Greed will get you caught. Same thing happened with those people that were doing the extreme couponing. So like my wife did it as, at one point in time where you like just go and buy a bunch of stuff and you know comes for free or heck you even get some money back. But some lady in Arizona that had like, I don't know, like 10,000 square foot house and a bunch of cars and boats. She got tired of going out and trying to uh, find the coupons that she needed that would make her money back. And so she just reached out to like some uh, China printing press and had like uh, like uh, you know like for like versions of the coupons. So you couldn't tell the difference. Only thing they came back is like Procter and Gamble. I think they were just like, all right, listen, um, we only made like you know, like twenty five thousand of these things total for the entire United States, and like we have like one hundred twenty thousand of them. Like something's weird. And so like I believe the FBI and all that got involved. It was it was pretty wild. Wow, counterfeit coupons. That's a thing. Well, that's like the, there was an issue like in Texas somewhere, right? Where they were doing the McDonald's raffle or the McDonald's very similar where they were printing off their own winning numbers for the McDonald's thing. I got to go look that up. It's on, it's on a net, it's on a Netflix special. Got to go find that. I remember the McDonald's. There was the Monopoly thing. Yeah. 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 They didn't didn't print their own. They rigged it. Yeah. Yeah. They got a guy on the inside that rigged it and uh, I think he had six of his family and friends won the actual million dollars. He actually mailed one of these million dollar winning pieces to some children's hospital charity or something. Um, so he had some good intentions in mind. But yeah, that that whole that's actually a pretty fascinating story of how he rigged the Monopoly uh, McDonald's game. I need to watch that one. Don't get caught. Don't get greedy. I think that's the the two things that come out of this. Yeah, and the charity did get to keep it. McDonald's like we're not gonna claw back the million dollars from the charity, but you know his six friends and family they definitely clawed back the money. Yeah, that's funny. All right, for our last topic, and it will be a rotating topic every week. This week we're going to talk about what canceled TV series would you love to see one more season of? For me, it's a no-brainer. It would have to be the TV series Jericho. It was a TV show on CBS back in 2006 with Skeet Ulrich and Morgan from The Walking Dead and a few actors you'd recognize from some other TV shows. For some context on this one, Jericho was actually canceled after one season and the show ended with a huge cliffhanger, which really upset the fans. While fans of the show mailed nuts into the CBS offices in uh, Los Angeles and New York to protest the cancellation. And the idea came from a reference in the final episode of, of Jericho. Uh, There's a, a line from, in, from World War II when a U.S. general said nuts, and that was his response to the Germans demanding that the Americans surrender. Our protagonist in the show says that when his, his town is asked to surrender, and the rest is history. As a result of the protest, CBS greenlit a seven-episode second season of the show, only to cancel it again, again on a huge cliffhanger, which eventually wrapped up in a comic book that I have still not yet read. The show centered on the residents of a fictional city of Jericho, Kansas, in the aftermath of a nuclear attack on 23 major cities in the U.S. There's some post-apocalyptic elements in it, as well as a whodunit to find out who bombed the U.S. And Netflix was supposed to pick up season three to continue where they left off, but CBS refused to sell the rights, 
citing creative differences and that was probably for the best well see now i'm interested the whole time i thought it was about chris jericho wwe superstar that i did not like yeah. you didn't watch this either did you glenn because i think we were both like what jericho yeah yeah i'm going to now as soon as i find it <laughs> yeah i highly recommend it even though it ends on a cliffhanger after season two like it, it was still an entertaining show like I, I i really wished that someone had picked up season three well maybe netflix is listening they'll do it nothing makes it past three seasons and right then, netflix it is but netflix is canceling shows left and right now too they laid off tons of people yeah they've got their own problems so i i i thought that i liked arrested development and then it got renewed like years later, and I was like, oh, I don't that, think that's the same. Moved, that moved to Netflix, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. And I didn't like the way they continued it, so I ended up not finishing it. So it's kind of like I wanted it to come back. It came back, and I was like, that's not the iteration of what I wanted to see. Yeah, so. that, that happened with me on Designated Survivor, the show about Kiefer Sutherland, how he accidentally becomes president. Like, I think season one and two were good on, on ABC, and then when Netflix picked up season three, it, it was terrible. Like, it went... Yeah. downhill really fast like i i preferred if netflix didn't pick it up and it ended that season too i'm with you on that that yeah. was i liked it doesn't need survivor yeah but there are things that i'm waiting for right so next seasons of ted lasso i'd love to see next season of unloaded or uploaded okay hot dad right i want to see that so there's a bunch of shows that i'm waiting for but i've got these predetermined things now that i'm getting older in my life where it's like i gosh i hope it goes this way and when it doesn't I, I it's a big letdown so what about you brian so the the one that got rebooted that made me very happy was dexter because i thought the original dexter ended terribly um but the the did you guys see that the most recent season it rebooted no. i didn't even know it rebooted yeah they, they the, this past year they did another yeah. one and it actually ended great they brought his son back is it michael c yeah. hall or is it someone else yep huh okay. so they, i thought i thought you were gonna say something like uh was like knight rider or something like that. <laughs> no no so i'm happy about that one but i mean uh i guess the the go-to's on that would be like last man on earth i would really wish maybe john and kate plus eight just kidding i don't care about that at all <laughs> we're not getting another season of that i guarantee you it's about the re about talking about the reunion yeah. <laughs> they get back together uh but other than last man on earth i wish they would do another season of the office i gotta bring mike back um otherwise i don't think it works how about movies you got me, you you got me hung up on movies? you got me hung yeah. up on dexter because because i agree with you the ending of the uh original showtime show was was terrible and for anyone who hasn't watched it yet, I'm going to spoil it because it's been out for like 10 years. Like, Lumberjack? Really? Really? Lumberjack? Like, you built this guy up to be... A... Lumberjack? Come on. So, the, the, I would say... <laughs> I gotta watch Dexter. Yeah. <laughs> the the only one thing that was off in the, the last season of Dexter is that he's like... Uh, like, one of the, the great appeals in early on with Dexter is like he's like this social outcast that doesn't know how to function. Right. And so now he becomes like this, yep. like I wouldn't call him a sexual deviant, but you're just like, wait, like this is not needed for the plot line whatsoever. You're just like, whatever that's, that's overplayed. Like I think you guys do that in there for no reason, but the rest of it is definitely great. It ends great. Uh, the way that it should have in the first, uh, you know, first six seasons or whatever. 
Any movies out there that you th- wish there was a, a second episode or you think there's too many episodes of? You mean a sequel? Yeah, a sequel. Uh, well, obviously, the, the last Matrix was a waste of time. That should not have been done. Yeah, yeah that, was, Ma- that was very disappointing. One. I, I didn't even like two and three. Like it, it, Two, three, and four. Yeah, Matrix should have ended at one. Uh, no, I disagree. Two and three. I was okay with two yeah, and three. I thought I liked two and three. It, it, closed, it closed the things off, but the fact that they brought them back in four was like what this is odd it just seems like a cash grab at this point took my money anything with uh star wars has been overplayed in my opinion i don't need any more of that yeah we got too many of those yeah too many of those too many spinoffs fast and furious too many no i like hey hey hey, no i like that (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) 10 movies plus the hobbs and shaw spinoff yeah I'm, i'm good with that one well is Tokyo Drift part of that as well? It's part of those yeah, that's number three. That's number three. Oh, that's number three. They actually yeah. brought that guy mm-hmm. back in one of the, the most recent episodes. Yeah, Lucas Black. They brought Lucas Black and a little Bow Wow, which I think he just goes by Bow Wow now. But yeah, they came back for uh, number nine. Dang, look at you. You know everything. Their you names. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Check I, it out. I named one of my kids after one of the protagonists in that, that movie. Was that Nico? No. Yeah, Dominic Toretto. It is. Dominic. Yeah. Okay. Nick. There you go. Big fan. Yeah, which I, I did hear that uh, Justin Lin, he he directed, I think, seven through nine of the Fast and Furious movies. Uh, he walked off Fast and Furious 10 because Vin Diesel kept showing up, not knowing his lines, out of shape, and he was just fed up with that. So I think he, he walked off that movie. It might be a while before we get number 10 out. That and they added Brie Larson, which I think is extremely random. Wow, how big do you have to get when you just like just show up whatever you want and like don't remember your lines? I think there are some actors that are famous for doing that. None come to my head right now, but I, I think there, I, I do remember stories of people just they they think that they're you know everyone worships the ground they walk on, so they just show up and whenever they want and do whatever they want and then not have any consequences for it. Yeah. Speaking of which, we should probably delve into this and then the next episode is the whole Johnny Depp trial. What Amber heard. I don't know if that's politically um, <laughs> good or bad for us, but that would be a good, interesting start uh, track to talk about. Yeah, well, we can co- comment on it, I guess, but yeah, I, I don't... See, I, I'll, I'll just say this about it. I, I haven't found anybody that's Team Amber Heard. See, I what I should have said is unstable like Amber Heard. Boom. That would have been played there you for go. everybody. <laughs> Let me retract my statement from earlier. <laughs> All right, next month's new hire. You got that locked and loaded. There you uh, go. But a movie that definitely needs a, a sequel is I Am Legend. I think they could have got that. Oh. Yeah. But they can't really have a sequel if you go by the original ending. No, no, we got to go by the alternate ending. Okay, fair enough. All right, well, we continue to get great comments about our dad joke of the week. Dad joke of the week. This week, I'm up. Well, somebody stole all of my lamps. I was delighted. Wah, wah, wah. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Be done. All right, to wrap things up, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, to both children and pets. Emotet is roaring back after their authors fixed a bug. Russia is turning to their prisons for IT support. 
business email compromise still causes the most financial losses. And long live the show Jericho. That's all we have for this week. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can find us all on LinkedIn. Links will be in the description. Follow us on Instagram at Pebcac Podcast. Thank you to all our listeners and subscribers who rate us five stars in the iTunes store and Spotify and left us a review. We appreciate you all spreading the word to help grow the show. The best way to find us is to search for the Pebcac Podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. For my co-host Brian Deach and Glenn Medina, I'm Chris Louie. Thanks for listening. See you all next week. And as always, have a nice day. I'll be back. And Brian. And Brian really does want Baywatch to come back. <laughs> <laughs> the Hoth. Schlagharen. <laughs> <laughs>